Welcome to the Kaidas Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Happy Monday. Hope everybody had a great Monday. It didn't melt wherever you're at. It's been hot all over the country, it seems like. Uh, Ryan, how you doing tonight, man? You down on the beach, living the life. I'm good. I'm good. We're down here in Panama City, coming at you live from the luxurious condo where I've had to heat the uh, iron up on the stove. Yeah, I really, feel really hard to beat. I'm good. I'm okay. In Panama okay. City, okay. Live. We got some echo mm. going somewhere. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's me. That's me. All right. Now uh, I well, always wait to the last minute before I click on the live so I can see people's comments. I do it every single week, and I don't know why. Yeah, well, we appreciate everybody jumping on here. We've got some folks from YouTube, Facebook on here already. It kind of slow builds as we get started. So appreciate y'all, wherever you're watching from. Please help us out and share this. Share it to your local group, your personal page, whatever you want to do. It always helps, and it's free to do. So we appreciate y'all. Uh, we got a big show tonight. we got Travis and Jonathan putting on the big, the new Big Bass 250 up at Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri this fall. Uh, and then, of course, Drew Gregory, the man, Drew Gregory, tearing it up. Out there every every time he fishes he's winning here recently we tried to ignore him okay like we tried we tried to skip over because you can't just have him on like every other week but i figure it you know you pull off three in a row you probably yeah. <laughs> probably need a tip of the hat there so he's on he's on that russ like last year we had russ on a couple times it's like we can't keep having russ on every time he wins no never, because yeah. what else different are you gonna say like uh, yeah, yeah i went i i won again yeah. So yeah, Drew's on. Well deserved. He's he's doing things wherever he wherever he goes. I don't know what his next event is. Uh, as he he hasn't won a, a BOS yet this year. If he does that, uh, he'll have the, I think I, I may be wrong. I think Santy's the only <laughs> one that he's fished. I know he'll fish Susky. I think he's fishing Wolf and Fox. I don't know what else he has uh, on the schedule there. I got you. All right. Well, good stuff. We'll we'll hear from Drew here in a little bit. We'll probably get into maybe a little bit of his boat release too. Talking about the the Sholdy debut. Yeah. 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 So, so it seems to be doing well. So as folks trickle in here, before we before we get our guests in, we're going to talk a little bit about the weekend that was, um, and really more about what went down on the page. I want to jump in right into that. Kind of leads in, kind of leads in from what we were talking about with Drew. There was a comment, uh, or not a comment, but a thread. I think Ryan Maintine, who's watching, see him in the comments there, uh, shared something about Drew's win, and I made a comment under his post saying we were throwing a term national event around pretty loosely these days that wasn't a shot at drew that was just like you know everything's not a national event that's you know that that was my point uh, and that turned into a, a thread there then another thread today uh, underneath our show post uh, yeah yeah lance came in firing firing at you on that one yeah yeah he said i was taking cheap shots at drew which i'm which i'm not if it came off that way well it is what it is but di didn't didn't mean to come off like a cheap shot at drew uh it's just my it's just my opinion i believe that every event's not a national event. Now they may have national implications, like you might qualify for a national championship or some sort of something from from the event, but you can't. And I'll 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 try to explain this different than I did on the thread. 
by typing it out because sometimes you don't get the meaning when you're thumbing stuff out, right? Uh, if as a tournament director, former tournament director, and as a business owner th through my wife, let's say, if we were going to sponsor an event or if I was a city looking to host an event and I was going to give money because the tournament director said, hey, come here with your national event. We're going to bring it to your city and we're going to give you X amount, of, give us X amount of dollars. We're going to bring this national event to your city. And, and the city's going to say, okay. And, this, and the business is going to say, okay, here's this money. We expect a national turnout, big, big numbers, people from all over the country. And then here in Rogers, Arkansas, I promise that on Beaver Lake, and the same 50 dudes that fish the Natural State Kayak Angler Beaver Lake Tournament show up under that different flag, and that's it. And they get no heads and beds. And yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe you five know, or six other guys come in. But we get basically that. yeah, basically the five, the same 50 or 60 folks come in, and we just change the title. That ain't a national event. That's my point. I agree. And, and and I think maybe our terminology may be off, and I kind of alluded yeah. – alluded to that in in my response there like i think we say national event because used to a national event meant it was big it was big time right like yeah. you you were pulling i mean you were pulling 100 125 guys like that's what you would think of when you say national event and now we've got it kind of you know spread out more there's more there's more entities involved or whatever so if you say oh this is a national event that could literally mean from 12 to 200 people like that right. I, I don't think just labeling some, oh that's a national trail that don't mean shit somebody i mean they may not show up at all for it you know like that doesn't necessarily mean that it carries weight i think we probably marketing wise especially like you're saying to sponsors and municipalities there needs to be a line drawn somewhere like all right these like this is probably going to pull a hundred plus like this is probably going to pull two dozen like there there needs to be a line because you it, it, these municipalities this is how you burn a city right mm -hmm. if a city says i'm going to give you 20 grand to host a tournament here and you bring 19 dudes you're not coming back and the next guy that comes and asks he ain't coming back like mm -hmm. you automatically burn that bridge by by you know overselling and that's that's the slippery slope here like everybody wants to be friendly and pat everybody else on the back and you know good job hurrah this one's equal to that one it's not like this is how you screw up before you start that's it and frankly it doesn't matter who the i mean people think i was throwing shots at kbf uh that's just an example some of kbf events i would classify it like their east coast events the i think the murray event had 190 people from all mm -hmm. over the country oh yeah that's a big time national event even their season opener the the kissimmee event had 100 some people murray from all was over a big the place one. kissimmee was a big one i think east west harbor pulled pretty good gunnersville pulled pretty good you know getting up i think i mean honestly like anything you pull over 75 or 80 people i think is a good a good turnout for a kayak event i know we're kind of spoiled now by watching BOS just blow up, you know, at the beginning of the year, if if you remember last year or the year before, like a hundred was a benchmark. Like that was good. Like AJ was happy seeing a hundred, 120 people sign up. Nobody really saw the threshold being raised that much this year, but it has been, and I'm glad that it has been. But I mean, I think, you know, don't let the, don't let the measuring stick kind of outgrow itself. Cause we're not, we're not there yet across the board. Yeah. And, and what does that definition mean? I, I guess really nothing. It was just a point I was making. Uh, Matthew Zapala said, so people coming, coming from outside the region is a determining factor. Guess national event in the Northeast will have to depend on people in the South. That's not what I mean for a national event to happen. Like if we have one here in Arkansas and Dardanelle this fall, we don't have to have people from New York and California there. 
right. we have to have a large turnout and we have to have multiple areas represented, I think, to be you know yeah. different than the normal local crowd to be called a national event. But that being said, if you look at bolstering the numbers, it's that comes from your region. Right. So kind of to address that point, if you have a big, well put on tournament in the southeast, you can go ahead and, and pencil in about 125 guys showing up. And probably 75 to 80 of those guys are going to be within the regional drive. The problem is like the Northeast and California, like these people say, oh, we want a national event. We want a national event. And nobody shows up for it. And that's what gets you knocked back, you know, down the roster for that. We're seeing that at New Hampshire right now. Everybody wanted a national event. They wanted a Hobie stop. They got one. And guess what? They're not showing up. So, you know, that's, that's yeah. part of it. You yeah, got to back it up every now and then. The BOS doesn't get a free pass. If only, let's say, 80 to 90 people show up and they're all from that state or within the two or three state region, what do you call that? I don't know. It's not really pulling nationally to me, but it has national relevance, just like these regional. Does, you know, I mean, you're, well, and you're qualifying for the TOC, too. Yeah, that's is, right. That's is, what I mean. You know, yeah. arguably the, the most elite championship that we have currently. Yeah, uh, even, the, even the KBF Laurel Lake example I used on our group page, you know, they had – I think 20 guys or 22 or something in the actual trail tournament and then seven or eight in the pro series. That's basically a local event with a different banner on it. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's less than a local event. Like, however, Jay and them, national, yeah. what is it? Is a, uh, the blue collar kayak angler, blue coast. What's, what's, uh, what's Jay got there? Yeah. Something bluegrass, bluegrass yak anglers. That's it. Yeah. But they're pulling 50 or 60. Yeah, it still had national implications. It affected AOI. It affected who qualified for their trail championship. It still had national implications. It's just, yeah, I'm not calling that a national event. But anyway, we're, we're splitting right. hairs, I guess. You're right. Uh, but here we go. What, what else happened over the weekend, man, or over the week, I guess, we need to get to? I think it's pretty quiet outside of that, to be honest with you. I mean, everything yeah. else is kind of kind of low on the radar. Yeah, yeah, True. Uh, it's hot. We're getting into summer. Uh, to me, it's, tournaments always, whether it's national, local, regional, whatever, always kind of tail off in the summer anyway. People start going on vacation. Kids are out of school. Numbers start kind of naturally dropping a little bit. It's so, hot as hell outside. Let's yeah. be honest on that, too. Like it's, It is completely miserable to sit on a piece of plastic all day and fish when it's 98 degrees outside. I don't think anybody's going to. Yeah, argue that Ryan, too much. Let me throw Van Tines up here. He said, I, his point exactly, if there's an end-of-year implication at any event, it's a national event. Well, and again, I say we should label that differently because I could say, hey, guys, I'm running a national kayak trail and 12 dudes show up to it every time. It ain't national because that ain't affecting anybody except them 12 dudes. Like, yeah. you my, know, my, I don't know if we need to have, I don't know, pro level, yeah. high stakes, actual, I mean, you know, serious the, deal. The on online it. challenges have national implications. The state championships are tied to these organizations. You they can't have broadly say so, that. Yeah, yeah. So all these local events and, and state championships have national implications, and they're not national events. Yeah, different, two right. different things. You're right. You're right. Uh, two different things. But anyway, we're talking tonight about something that could be a national event. The Big Bass 250 could pull nationally. Hope I know these guys hope it does. So we're going to bring them in here. Hang on just a second. Let me get things switched around. Travis and Jonathan, what's up, fellas? With the pro-looking podcast background, we're, we're going to talk big money, big money tournaments. Appreciate y'all joining us tonight, man. Bad on this one. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. I got a picture of a sea turtle back here if y'all are. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Y'all trying to compete. We got everything palm, but a sea turtle here. <laughs> palm, tree, palm tree lamps. You got it all back here, right? I've been playing with that lamp for two days. It's real springy, the, the leaves on the palm fronds there. Nice. So. 
I feel you. know that. So what is this big bass F-250 or whatever y'all got going out there? <laughs> so this is kind of something that we just decided that we were going to try to try to do. We're pretty excited about it. Um, you know, Eco Fishing Shop uh, wanted to get behind it. It's something Jonathan and I decided to put together. And it, we wanted it to be a tournament for anyone. Um, we, we hope we get some of the big dogs in there as well. But um, it's an open tournament, uh, November 5th at Lake of the Ozarks. Um, and it's $10,000 paid down to through 10th place, um, but $10,000 for first best five fish. And then uh, kind of the kicker is $10,000 for one fish. Big bass wins that money. Um, so our hope was that anybody who wants to get in this tournament can get in it. Um, I won't confirm or deny if it's a national tournament at this point. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little scared. TBD. But, uh, but no, I think that uh, uh, it's just something that when we we sell a lot of kayaks. So when we sell a kayak, I, we've already had people who have bought a kayak and signed up for this tournament who have never fished their kayak before. Um, we're hoping to get just any any kayak angler, whether you're just getting into it. The Lake of the Ozarks is a super fun place to come down and spend some time. Um, and we're just hoping to kind of turn it into a destination tournament where people can come down, have a great time. Everybody has a pretty good chance to win some, win some, some money. Um, and then also there's going to be a lot of giveaways, uh, whether that be kayaks or Bixby setups or Torquedo setups or, or whatever it is, we're working on all that now, but, um, but we're pretty excited about it with the tournament. Um, you're also going to, uh, when we do our, our awards, we, we will do that at a venue um we will feed everybody uh at that venue um and and actually make a, a pretty good awards banquet out of it not just a you know i don't want it to be an online thing i want it to be you know pretty pretty exciting for everybody involved and and uh um follow a little bit of the big bass bash uh format um but that was kind of our that's kind of our vision with it are y'all doing an hourly payout or or just overall for big bass? you know we've, we've talked about that quite a bit and so you know, what we've budgeted right now is anything additional is going to, you know, it's going to marketing, it's going to the venue, it's going to, to feed people, it's going to giveaways, it's going to, we've got to pay judges, we've got to pay people to work the tournament, we've got to pay uh, a polygraph, you know, we've got to do all this stuff, so. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, what? man. A uh, polygraph? You want people to tell the truth in a fishing tournament? <laughs> yeah, Get that shit out of here. Yeah. You, yeah this you will never take off. <laughs> but the goal is is you know whatever's left we're just going to put back into the pot whether that's an hourly big bass pot maybe it's you know an a, a dish secondary big bass um I, I mean that's all still in the works so the goal is yeah to do an hourly big bass as well but the numbers got to be there as well i i will tell you from you know steve-o and i we did the the native tournament down on gunnersville and that was like our first stab at like a big a big national tournament don't put too much on your plate on the first one. You know, I think the setup y'all have now is is perfectly fine. It seems like it has plenty of reward for the investment on the other side. Uh, you know, I'd keep it as simple as you can and focus on like the angler experience for that. That's my my best advice I could lend. That's exactly what we want to do. We want to, and that's we've got some some folks that that kind of hit us up. You know, that we're pretty excited about it because it is it is some big money. But it's the experience of, and, and we've had several say this would be a hell of a way for me to break out for my first kayak tournament. Oh yeah, and that's kind of the thing we want to do. Um, and we're not taking away anything from anybody, but you know, when you do your series and your things like that, it's 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 
kind of tough just to start that. Um, this would be one that's fun. That's gonna we we really want to make it a lot about um, the the total experience. And Lake of the Ozarks, November is a perfect time. The big boats are are mostly gone. Um, <laughs> the bass are people are killing it in November here, um, and there's plenty of room. I mean, because all your tourists are are, are hard headed home, so there's you know easy to get rooms, easy to get uh, lodging, food all that it's going to be it's going to be a nice uh, a destination tournament get those off-season rates too would be nice exactly yes. and, we're, and we're working on some of that as we get um, people into the tournament we'll be sending out emails with some discount codes and some things at some local partners that'll help us out with some of that stuff so we're getting some questions and comments so anybody on youtube or facebook if you have questions about this please shoot them in here uh, johnny maddox asks is it a one or two day event it's just a one day event just november 5th one day um, you know, sometimes it's tough to get away from work for stuff like that, especially late in the year. If guys are already fishing, it's tough to do a two day tournament, and ask them to take another day off. At least they can come down and maybe, you know, spend a Friday and, and still be able to drive home on, on, on Sunday. But two, uh, two day events is tough for some guys. I know you you know, see that some, uh, some events where, you know, some guys won't do it because they can't do two days, but just one day, like the Ozarks, November 5th. That, and we've got, you know, I had a, a group out of Utah that, w- that was inquiring about it and, you know, it's a lot easier to bring the wife and kids if you fish a day and then spend a day or two doing, you know, other things. It is a tourist area. Um, so we thought that would be the best advantage for people to come fish a day, uh, then, then spend the next day or go home, whatever they want to do, but give them a little time to enjoy the lake. Yeah. No, that's smart. Uh, do, do y'all really have floating casinos and money laundering up there? <laughs> also can't confirm or deny. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I could we, do have a new, we do have a new restaurant called Marty Birds. No, uh, really? Oh yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Of course, somebody would capitalize on it. Smart. Hundred percent. Uh, yeah. The uh, some of the money's being held back from the payout to pay the the local mob. The, the heat. <laughs> yeah, <there's laughs> well, so there. So for the yeah. people that had questions about that, now you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we there did. were some questions about that, Travis, on the page. We talked about that on the phone earlier. People, you know, they, they do the math, 250 max entries, $250 an entry fee. You know, they see the payouts, which are great, $10,000 for one big fish. You can have the worst day of your life and just stick one good one and boom, all of a sudden your day got better. <laughs> this tournament was right. made for me. I'll yeah. be there. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but, there, you know, people are saying, hey, where, where's the rest of the money going because it's not 100% payout, which a lot of these events shouldn't be. There's a lot of stuff that goes into these. So break, break that down for us a little bit. Yeah, so we, you know, Eco Fishing Shop, you're looking at our entire staff here at Lake of the Ozarks. So Stacked. we're going to have to hire people to come in and help work with registration, with um, with a little bit of everything. We're also paying outside judging so that we're not, you know, it's totally impartial. Um, we, are, we have to pay for a venue because if we get the numbers, we can't just do it at a, you know, at the dock. Um, so we've got to rent a venue. Um we're also feeding everyone. Um, so there's money to go there. And then lastly is the marketing. You know, there's quite a bit of money that we're going to put into trying to market the event to try to, to try to fill it up and make it a national event. Um, you know, we heard a lot about that um, and people kind of commenting on there's this much money left. And it's usually always people from a um, uh, that are fishing in some other series. And the, the biggest difference is, well, top 10% should pay. Well, I understand that, but on a big bass format, that 10,000 comes out of somewhere. And you try to pay the top 10% in a, in a series 
or or a trail so that you, you know you spread that money out so you keep people into your series and into your trail yeah, yeah, yeah. this is this is a different format this is we we don't want to do a series we don't want to do a trail we support all of our local um and regional um tournaments and tournament series we we our pro staffers fish in those we drive our customers to those this is a one-time uh one one-time deal annually where we can try to uh give everybody a shot at some some bigger money so our thought was in spread of, instead of trying to spread that down um as deep as we could get it to go is to make the payouts big where guys are excited to sign up from alabama or utah or wherever and they're like Y'all got cousins up there? do you have cousins do you have cousins up there i have a couple <laughs> all right alabama's in there, there you go <laughs> throw two cousins out and they're they're coming there you go. Bring them up. No, it's uh, a, but that's kind of the thing is, you know, and hey, we're not saying this this format is perfect. That's our first year of doing it. Uh, I watched your podcast uh, earlier with John Stewart. I wouldn't want to do it for a little. Well, yeah, yeah, don't don't watch that one twice. That was probably, yeah. probably the last run we'll have on that one. I'd say. Oh, we're gonna get you before the night's <laughs> over, Travis. Uh, oh, I, hear I hear you, brother. Yeah, just strap your feet to the floor so you don't put them in your mouth. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, seriously, the best thing about doing your own tournament is you can do whatever the hell you want to. You know, if you want to say, all right, top four, don't get paid. Fifth place gets 10 grand. It's your tournament. They still signed up for it. Like, you can do whatever you want to do. Just be transparent about it. And that's, that's, the, that's the easiest part is just tell people, you know, what's going on up front. And if they sign up for it, guess what? There's nothing to complain about. Like, you knew what you were getting into. Exactly. These things shouldn't be 100% payout, right? I mean, I, I don't think I don't my job, you know, like it's same deal. My boss makes more than I do. Do you know that if I work 10 times harder than him, he's still making more money than me on purpose because that's how this is designed because he's running the company, you know, right. I mean, part of the I deal. ultimately we want to give the, the angler the best experience we can. So, you know, we don't want some some kids that just volunteer to help do check ins. We don't want you know, we want anglers helping anglers, guys that that are in the sport that are doing this and we want to give them something to say, Hey, thank you for your time. You know, sorry, you couldn't fish this one and, and, and pay people where we can and, and, and do that. I mean, I think we're, we're doing a great job of bringing outside judges and that way there's nobody inside. There's nobody handling, you know, that that's completely biased and, and it's someone that's trusted. Um, and, and I think, I think we want to do it, you know, for the angler by the angler in a sense, you know, that's the most important part that you mentioned there though, is paying outside judges because mm -hmm. I think, this is that's one of the kind of most <laughs> I don't I don't want to say like not accident prone necessarily but vulnerable spots in in the sport that we have is you have judges that have you know inside relationships with whoever or whatever and not saying that they overlook things but we've seen uh, like spots get drawn on fish and multiple fish submitted and you know, based on how far a life jackets unzipped and things like you've seen, right. you've seen things like this happen in the past. And, and you have, you know, there's a lot of data that goes into this. There's a lot of honey holes and, and secret spots. And this may be your online cash cow that you just sold out trying to get big bass on this. Having outside judges, in my opinion, is crucial. Like you have to have judges that are not going to have anything to do with the waters, the event, the contestants. I think that is money well spent for sure. Yeah, or talk about who y'all talk about who y'all brought in because you guys brought in Josh Booth as one of them, and 
you know, he's a well-respected tournament director and judge. He's judged as many fish as anybody probably nationally. So, you know, you didn't just Absolutely. get some some dude that has barely fished tournaments, you know, to, to, to look at these fish and give them a crash course in judging. You brought in experienced people. Yeah, and he has nothing to do with our shop. You know, he doesn't have anything to do with, with eco-fishing and the sponsorship. He doesn't have anything to do with our tournament um, except for, you know, he's got his thing. You know, we worked with him and some of the other – uh, series around here, making sure that we got off their dates. That was really my biggest thing is I did not want to affect anything regionally that was going on and pull anglers from anyone. Um, so we kept it out of the way. Josh was good enough to, to say that he would like to do it and we're be, we'll be paying him to do it. Um, also be looking if, if anybody out there is, is interested or, or wants to work it, um, give me a call, um, text, email, whatever. I would love to, I would love to talk to anybody that's interested in doing that. Um, we want to be impartial. We don't, we don't want to be responsible for that side of it. We want it to be, to be anglers watching over anglers. So, yeah, we don't want the, Smart. the, you know, good old boy thing going on. Uh, sometimes it makes me think of the NCAA. Sometimes people mess up so bad that their homie punishes the next guy, uh, mm -hmm. really, yeah. really bad comes down really hard on the next guy, but the, their homie gets to slide. So that's, you don't want that. You don't want to see that. No. Uh, Let's see. We've got more questions coming in. Uh, Cody Barlow said one big fish, 10 G's, one paid spot. No, that's just for the big bass. Just there's the big 10, bass. 10 there's spots a, paid, right? And there's another, yeah, there's 10 G's for the big bass, then 10 G's for first place. And then the rest, the rest as it goes down, pays out that's, all the way to the bottom. That's all a lot of G's. That's a that's lot of G's, G's there. Yeah, you, get, you, you win the tournament and also have big bass. That's 20 G's. Mm. Mm. Let, let's let's get into some of your rules what are we talking motors no motors so we're, we're really going to follow um you know kbf um for the most All part right. um you know we, we will uh, allow motors um but it, it's you know kind of kind of follow along there can you can you tie off to private docks and walk across them and fish off the bank no sir <laughs> all right all right. I, know how, close, I know how closely y'all were following there. I just want to clear <laughs> yeah. that up. <laughs> yeah, the uh, unlike the Ozarks, there'd be a lot of opportunities to walk yeah. behind banks. If that were ducks, rule. And probably a lot of people get shot. Because <laughs> yeah, they get true. on docks they're not supposed to be on. But yeah, and uh, any uh, public launch, uh, that way, you know, the, the locals here don't have uh, the ability to just go out of their dock. Um, you've got to go off a, a public launch. So I like it. Okay. I like it. Uh, somebody said length or weight. I'm assuming length. Yep, length. all length inches. Catchboard only. All right, catchboard only. Metal and plastic, or just the metal? Metal and plastic. Catchboard only. Okay. I shouldn't say plastic. What's that thing called? Polycarbonate. Carbonate. Yeah, Polycarbonate. catchboard carbonate or something is what it is. I actually like the carbonate one better. It, you can see. I do too. So much better I, I like it because it's it's you can see the lines, and you know that's what we asked for forever was just like pre-colored lines, but it's so lightweight. You know, it's not it's not like a a boat anchor you're carrying around with you. Yeah, Jason Carr, he's firing off the questions quick. Uh, hey, how y'all breaking ties? How are we breaking ties? Um, so wrestling, arm wrestling. <laughs> uh, it'll go down to uh, you know, say if two guys have are in first place and they have the same big bass, uh, it'll go down to their next fish. If that's tied, it'll go back to, down to the next fish as well. Um, if they're all five of them are the same, we'll go down to uh, first submission on that. Okay. okay. I like uh, it. And we use Jason Carr better be in this tournament. Jason Carr's got so many questions. You better sign up immediately, I'm Jason. I'm, I'm betting on you. We we rolling tourney X, I angler, chaos. What are we doing? Tourney X. Right. Baby. And baby. speaking of that, you know, get 
to to register the event you're going to go on to ecofishing.com uh just search big bass 250 it'll pull it up there you'll pay there at ecofishing.com uh, once you get paid there you'll get an invoice and an email with a password to go on to tourney x you'll enter that password and at that point you're registered for the event you'll see your name on the leaderboard and all that okay awesome all right so you guys are collecting payment on your own separately yes. from tourney x i received yeah. a, a phone call from from mr tourney x himself Dwayne wally after i was poking at him a little bit trying to register for that for that hobie tournament uh tourney x is going to go back to its previous look its previous format yeah, I was, I was trying to find some events to talk about even today, and you can't uh, find them very easy unless you're logged in. you got to be logged in. That's so what he'd say. And Dwayne worked with us very well. I would like to give him a shout-out on that. Shout out on that. Um, when we sent this out, it was like an announcement, and then we started getting hammered immediately that it wasn't on Tourney X, and Dwayne reached out to us and, and really helped walk us through it. So we're pretty excited to be working with, with Dwayne. Uh, let me ask you all one he more question here. to you, you know, like he can yeah. Ryan, you, you're freezing up, my man. Uh, I'm going to ask this question while he's getting unfroze. Are y'all strict on wearing a friend's jersey to check in if they put you on a winning bag? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's why you go ask it when I'm breaking up. There you go. <laughs> Is there any rule tag. about that? Now you wear what you want. All right. All right. Ah, there you Ta go. Tape and all. all PFD right. is the only dress code. Man, get out of here. All right. All right. Get out of here. You got to wear a PFD to check in? Hold on. What'd you say? <laughs> Safety first. Let's straighten this out real quick. Safety first. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it, man. Of course, anytime there's an event close to me, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. So, like those arcs is only about four hours up the road. Um, and, and frankly, in this area, big events like this, the, the, we've talked about it on the show before, the Beaver's Bend Classic they used to have on Broken Bow. It was a, just a one-shot deal they used to have in the, in the spring. It always pulled – a lot of anglers, so I expect this one is going to as well. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see. Yeah, it. I, I really think like the Ozarks will show out in the fall, especially November. You know, you get you get a lot of those those pleasure butters off the water. Um, it's a great lake. There's plenty of water for 250 anglers, um, and they, I mean, there's plenty of spots to get to that you know some of the bass boats can't get to either. Yeah, yeah. I've I've actually never come up and fished like those arcs. I fished Truman a couple times. Is it similar with the stumps and trees, or is it all docks and deep water up there? A lot of docks and deep water, but there's a lot of fingers. A lot okay. of fingers. I mean, it's got more shoreline than California. It's a big, big lake. Oh wow! Probably more water than all their lakes combined too, right now. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty full right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else for them, Ryan? You're unfroze. You're looking good now. I switched to my hotspot, but but now it's spotty, uh, spotty, getting you to come through here. So I don't know. I'm just out here surviving, player. All right, uh, all right. Anything else you want to drop on us, uh, Travis and Jonathan, before we slide out of here and get Drew on? Hey guys, we really appreciate it. Um, again, the uh, we extend the offer that if you guys ever want to do one of these together, you can <laughs> use the Eco Fishing Shop Studios here. <laughs> and uh, we just I appreciate it. Listen, while you guys were on, we saw several comments coming through talking about doing business with Eco Fishing Shop, guys coming in buying kayaks, you know, lowest prices in the area. Hats off to you guys for making an impact on the on the fishing industry. I think this is great that you're doing the tournament, and I hope it's super successful for y'all. Thank you, guys. Hey, appreciate it so much. All right, Joe. Talk to you later. See. All right. Good stuff. There you have Take it, folks. Care. The Big Bass 250. Uh, hopefully, it goes off. 250 goes off well i like the name of that the big bass 250 sounds, sounds i hope it runs better than the f250 that's yeah. that's what i'll say there we go 
All right, we've had Drew patiently waiting. I see his head down. He's sitting there looking at comments. Maybe I don't know what he's doing, but we're going to get him in here. Bam. Drew. What's up, guys? What's up? Man, goodness, Drew. Drew, Drew, Drew. You've been a busy, you've been a busy young man. (laughs) I don't know what to do, man, but just the whole podcast could just be over right now. I could just shrug and then that's it. Put your hands in your (laughs) armpits and just say, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. I really don't, man. You got seven more checks back there since the last time we talked to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which, by, by the way, I know, Jeff, you, you, uh, I like how Jeff, he, like, you're good at giving everybody kind of like, you know, the business every once in a while, I give them a hard time. I hear you, dude. This is a little bit uh, much back here, but I will say this. Answer me this question, dude. All right. What are you supposed to do with all these freaking checks? What else are you supposed to do with them? Just sit them in a freaking corner in an attic somewhere? I mean, I'm just no, using man. this wallpaper. I mean, come on. Wallpaper them suckers up. I love all right. it. All I right. love it. I, I know. It. Look, but it's, if, if Jeff had checks, they would be all over yeah. his room. I promise. All I've got is an Old Town sticker right here. <laughs> and, and I've got a... He's got an Old Town sticker and a Western Sun bottle. That's, That's it. That's we're it. out. That's it. That's all hey, I hear you, man. It, I, I, I probably need to reorganize. They could probably look a little bit... Nah, I don't know, nah, your ba- your background's dope. Leave it, leave it alone. Just keep at, yeah. just keep piling on back there. Yeah, I should, and I could pan around. It just, I don't know, but it's a little much. I agree, but I don't know what else to do with these checks. So I'm gonna keep them on the wall for the time being. So, amen, but amen. I'm looking right. forward to keep it tonight, fellas. That's all you can do. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Van Tyne said Jeff's jelly. Ryan, back when I was winning checks uh, back in the day, they didn't have big checks. They just gave you money, and that was it. Matter of <laughs> fact. So I, I didn't get any big checks. It, you didn't keep the, the tear off. You didn't keep the check. No. You mobile deposit. You could frame it. And Matter of fact, the biggest money. payout I ever got was at a KBS event. Uh, I won one of the yeah. KBS events. And uh, Terry handed me $3,000 cash in an envelope right there on the spot. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was amazing. It was, it was amazing. But anyway, yeah. I digress. This is about Drew. Today. That's how they used to do it, boy. I mean, it was dollar bills, nothing else. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, and you know what, Ryan? Uh, this can kind of tie to Drew. Back when I was winning money, I was paddling. I need to go back to paddling, Drew. That's right, man. You, it can get done that way. That's what no doubt about is. it. Yeah, man. You got lazy. You got lazy, boy. I don't got lazy. Got too yeah. many rods, boaters, and pedals, and I'm losing. It's terrible. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's talk about Drew, man. You, you're on a you're on a streak like we hadn't seen in a while. So you know we want. It's yeah, it's bananas, man. Yeah. It is bananas. I, I don't even know what to say, but uh. I'll, I'll answer whatever questions and we can, uh, we can touch on whatever y'all want to talk about. You know me, man, I enjoy this stuff and uh, it's always fun talking to you guys. So if y'all want to talk about that national event stuff or any of that, that chatter on the, on the forum, happy to address that. Or Yeah. Did you catch some of that? Did you a catch little some bit? I got tagged in something. I think uh, Steven so, Sisto had posted something and Ryan, they were going back and forth and I don't have a lot of time during the, the year to read this stuff. I, I kind of get a little bit more involved in the winter. You guys may notice whenever I'm trying to usurp your uh, rankings and stuff like that, you know? So, <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, I get more involved in the winter, but, but now I just, you know, it, I don't have time for it as much with the family and everything. So, uh, but I did see that because someone tagged me. So, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's I get your thoughts say, on it because, because yeah. somebody come off and, and made it sound like I was taking a shot at you with some of the comments I made, which I was trying to explain that these events, some of them, while they all have national right. implications, they're more of a regional set up than they are national yeah. just by by nature not yeah or, or attendance or whatever you want to say so what what do you think of what you saw or what you read there yeah i mean i got a chance to see a little bit of it i mean i didn't think you were taking a shot at anything you just were you know i think 
you just were voicing your opinion on it. Um, that here, here's what I'll say. I feel like a national event is a trail that goes around and, and has stops throughout the country. National, that's what it means. That's it. Now, they can't control necessarily how many people sign up, but there's still a national trail. But, um, you know, should someone be, someone be, you know, like not discredited or an asterisk, like because they win a, quote, national event that doesn't have as many people? I mean, we all kind of – kind of keep track and know if that when that happens but i will say this like you know when i can won the Bassmaster, and there was 40 something people there and hardly i would say probably not even i don't know you guys tell me if i'm wrong if you can remember but i don't think anybody in the the, the kbn power rankings in the in the top you know any of the power rankings were at that tournament you know what i mean so i don't yeah. think he really beat a strong field but i've always defended mike and saying this like that's out of his control. That's the tournament he could fish with his schedule. And it was on it. You know, he had history there. He can't control that. And it's a national trail in the sense that it goes everywhere. It's got the media coverage. They do a great job. And then on top of that, this is the way I see tournaments. I actually don't even look at, I register early when I can, when I get my schedule laid out and there's a strategy to my entire schedule. And it involves being in contention for the AOI and potentially all of the trails, which means getting enough events in to do that. And, you know, it also involves, um, you know, just the places I want to go. You know what I mean? Just I'd like to go. And I, I sign up early. So I don't know how many people are in the events or whatever are going to be in the event. But um, Ike, when he won, it, my strategy is I look up the bass boat tournaments, previous kayak tournaments. I try to figure out what is the length needed to, to win? What's the maximum length this lake can put out, right? And the reason I do that, and this is a little bit of, I think, information that can help some folks out there is because when you're pre-fishing, it tells you when to you found winning fish or not. And you can convert easily convert the length, uh, you know, the weight to length from bass tournaments. So I knew in Grand Lake I needed uh, 90 inches to win, most likely, 91, like 90 inches to win because there was a 300-boat bass tournament the two days before we were there. And out of 300 boats, so 600 bags, only two people had 20-pound bags or more. And that was a 20 pound bag I had there at 90. I knew 90, about 91 inches and a half, 91 and a half was 20 pounds based on how fat those fish were or whatever. So I, I don't really care how many people were in it because I couldn't control that. But I, I felt like I did my job. I got the maximum that lake could, could do. And that's what Ike did. And that's all he can do. And if it's, you know, national, I just feel like if they go around to, you know, the country, then it's, it's national. I mean, would I prefer there be 200 people? Of course. Cause I don't think anybody, when you got 600 bags and only two 20 pound bags and out of 600 boats, I'm pretty sure I would have won if there was, you know, 500 people or 200 people in that tournament. So I wish there was more quite frankly. So, yeah, um, but, it, it, but anyway, yeah. The, the thing is, is, you know, my point there was not discrediting anybody from winning, winning three, right. winning any, Thursday night jackpot is hard, much less yeah. whether it's regional, local, national, you know, three in a row. You don't see that at a local level. You don't see it on the regional level, national level. Winning three tournaments in a row or winning winning one tournament is hard on, on any level. Right. I think even Ike said that when he was on our show. He said, you know, just winning a tournament period is hard. Uh, is. So not discrediting anybody's wins, but uh, it was just a matter of really splitting hairs on the definition of, you know, what's a national event. Does It has national implications, but is it a national event if it doesn't draw nationally? But Right. We we could go on and on and on about that. I think uh, what we want to talk about is how you won this event and how you've been on this role uh, yeah, up until man. now. Yeah. Well, let me, let me uh, touch real quick on Sisto's comment because I because I forgot to mention that one real quick. Then we'll get on to that one because he did uh, say something about how 
you know, the chick Hobie had 196 and all the turn the three tournaments I won had about the same amount total. And what I'll say to that is, first of all, yeah, I can't control how many people, but I maxed out those lakes. Like I won by like whatever, eight inches in Grand Lake. And um, you guys had, you know, it was really cool to see. Was it Chris, right? That is uh, who got second. I forgot to look. Camera. Well, what was not Chris? Second place at, at Chris Grand. Yeah, Chris uh, yeah, it was Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that was you guys from had Smith him Lake. on Smith Lake. Smith Lake. Smith Lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, really great dude. I'm glad you guys had him on and gave me a break. That was cool that week because uh, I was getting a little exhausted anyway. So that was nice. And he's a good guy. So that was cool to see him on the show. And then, um, and then on this this tournament here, I mean, I I kind of maxed out. You know, last year at Hobie when there were 79 people less, and then they had like Travis had two bags that were bigger than my two uh, Smallies rule. Yeah, and that was it. So I felt like I pretty much kind of maxed out that lake. So there's no – it doesn't matter if there was 10 people in it. When I What I got was like uh, – there was a Bass Nation tournament that also went out uh, of tie and a couple other – and 19 pounds won it, 19 and a half. Well, I had like 20 pounds. So I maxed the lake out, you know what I mean? So no matter how many people are in it, I'm competing against the lake. That's it. So I did my job. I don't care how many people, other people are in it. And I'm proud of that because that's what all I care about is did I max that lake out or not? And if people beat me, if I do that, then I'm like, hey, shake their hand. Good job, you know. But to Steven's comment about that, it's it's and I'm not I'm not you know upset at whatever he said either. He's just got his opinion. But he was trying to equate that these three events were kind of like equal to the one on chick. But, dude, like you just said, Jeff, hey, you go try to find fish in central part of the country, largemouth in the lake, go win, win that tournament. Then go to the southeast and try to find winning fish again, which is hard to find winning fish, period. Catch them, execute again properly on Alabama bass, spotted bass. Then go up to the northeast in Champlain, find winning fish again, execute, and win on smallmouth. Three times, I mean, it's not like, that's not easy, man. You can't equate that to like one tournament. And, and I wish there was more people in it. And trust me, I'm I'm scheduled for the next Hobies, and obviously I – I love fishing the Hobies and, and it just had to happen to work out where I fished one earlier this year. And then all of mine are backloaded. Like that one, I, uh, one year I won AOI, but, and last year I was in second place in AOI fishing the Hobies until uh, our little girl came early and I had to miss the, the, the championship, which, you know, whatever I may or may not, you know, I didn't, didn't miss go, you know, having to not go to Ufala, but anyway, <laughs> but, um, so that's what I'll say about that. It's not easy, man. And, and the way I'm proud of the way I did it and the way I maxed out the lakes. And if somebody beat me, then so be it. But yeah, I did my yeah, job. So. I don't think anybody can say a word about Drew yeah. and your fishing ability. I mean, Ryan will agree with that because obviously you've won Hobie AOI. You've won Hobie events. You've won Bass events. You've won JB events, KBF events. Uh, nobody's knocking that. And really, frankly, like you said, just like I'm watching the College World Series right now and people are talking about this team had an easier path than this team. You can only knock down the dominoes that are in front of you. You can't yeah, change what's in front of you, and, and, and that's what you did. So That's right. Go. Yeah, that's it. You're looking so, crispy now, Ryan. Did you change signal again? I did. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, you made me good. paranoid, so I switched to my hotspot, and I was getting like a lot of lag on the audio, so I switched back to the old condo Wi-Fi. Sorry I missed the introduction to that, <laughs> to that discussion, but no, no, but no. I caught up. Don't worry. I figured yeah, it out. I figured out where uh, we were going. <laughs> over on uh, YouTube, Dave said, that's a perfect way to look at tournament. Tourneys, you versus the lake. I'm going to start that. Try yeah. to ignore other comp- it's kind of like golf. It's you versus the course. It I mean, is, man. You can't play defense. I always make a joke. You can't you can't put a blade on your, your paddle and go over there and slice somebody's line when they got a five-pounder on, you know? You can't, you can't play defense know. in the sport. To you me, well. the difference that you see on these lakes is in a 
150, 200, 160 person tournament is the pressure. Like those fish feel the pressure and you have, you know, you may not have a lot of guys with similar styles, but you have some guys that look for backwater, some guys that look for offshore, some guys that look for, you know, uh, grass lines, whatever. You, there's usually a lot of different sects of those guys. S S E C T S of those guys that are looking that are looking for these certain things. So you're more likely to run into people, obviously, because that's how math works. When there's 200 people on the lake versus yeah. 40 or 50 people on the lake, that to me is the biggest the biggest differentiator in the size of the tournaments. It's not necessarily that you had a harder time catching the fish or the fish knew what day it was or who was there or whatever, but it's the likelihood that somebody else may slip in on your juice and affect yeah. kind of the performance of that spot, mm -hmm. if that makes True. sense. True. And I mean, I wish that, that every field was maxed out that I fish in. Trust me. I mean, I, I don't, I, I wish it was I don't maxed wish, out, dude. I don't I do. wish we had, we had 200. Payouts are better. Like, I, I agree. Payouts are better. And I think, you know, we always thought that, you know, running up into this year, 200 kayakers is a lot on different bodies of water. Like some of these aren't built for 200. Like some of them fish really small. And when you pull up to a ramp and there's 25, 30 dudes there, that's when you realize it like, oh, <laughs> I wasn't yeah. that smart pre-fishing at all. Like all these other dudes are, are heading to the same stuff. Yeah, it's difficult. True. It definitely increases the difficulty level. In bass boats, it's not a huge deal because you're usually spread out a lot more. But you know, when you launch around kayaks, like they're not going that far, you know? Right. All right. But then take it down to 100, make it a thousand dollar entry, and then we can have Ooh, good payouts. Now you're talking. Go. Check, Mr. please. There we go. Yeah. Deal. But now uh, we're talking. And I will, I, I forgot to mention too that uh, I did make a comment on one of my podcasts that I was going to, because I don't like you follow. I mean, I did, I got seventh at Bassmaster last year out of like 100 people that you follow. So I, I've done well there, but I don't like it. So. Mm -hmm. I did. I missed the TOC. I decided not to go this year for Hobie. Instead, I was going to do the off uh, KBF event, which was the Potomac. But I didn't realize they changed the date. It was supposed to be the same date. It was originally the same date as you follow Hobie. It's closer to. So I said something on my podcast about how hey, it's a little strategy. All this, the, the a lot of the hammers are going to be over there on you follow. <laughs> I'll go over there. I need to get three events in for KBF for the AOI. I'm just going to do the minimum, most likely. So I was like, hey, it's closer to home. It's not you follow, and there's not going to be as many people over there. So that's a little strategy. And I think it got taken out of context. That's like, all I'm looking for these small events. Like, are you Drew kidding me? Dude? I got, puppies boy. You're ducking, yeah. You're ducking the mullet. Yeah. So I <laughs> trust me. I've, oh boy. Anyway, no, I just want to clear nobody. that up. I don't look for those specifically, but it is a strategy. You could, you can keep you I drove through you heading to the beach yeah. and I didn't even press the brakes once through that whole town. I ran seven red lights through you I don't even <laughs> want to slow down there again. Yeah, it just it just needs a little comeback. That lake it's not it needs as, some fish, is what it yeah. needs. <laughs> Somebody stock that thing with F ones and then call me. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Drew, we're gonna get, let's get into this tournament. You know, sure. I, I appreciate your insight and opinion on all that stuff. Let's talk about this tournament. What 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 did you get over there and and figure out and practice, and then we'll get into your actual tournament days. Yeah, you know, I was like uh i think ryan had, had mentioned. I'm just in my you know paddling kayak in that new Sholey, you know that I, I designed with Crescent. And just went and fished some moving water like I normally do. Um, it, you know, I equate what, what I do a lot to what John Cox does in the Elite Series. He doesn't have a graph on the front of his boat. He always fishes shallow, fishes in backwaters, rivers, creeks. He just sight fishes the lake, whatever. But he just focuses his efforts and time and attention only on that skill set, right? 
So he's able, and fish are always shallow. I mean, other than like February, you know, January, February, and they can still be shallow depending on where you go, obviously. But it works for him, and I feel like there's not many people. I'll get into the, the real answer to this question here, but let me preface it with this. There's not many people on the Elite Series that are good at, or the MLF, whatever you want to take, right, are good at everything, offshore, you know, bank, moving water, no, up north, you know, in the smallmouth. Brandon Polinick is probably one of the best examples. Jacob Wheeler is another good example. He's won tournaments on docks. He's won tournaments offshore, live scoping. He kind of does it all. So does Polinick. I feel like if, if at the highest level of bass fishing, where they spend 200-plus days on the water fishing, if we can only name and rattle off a few names that we know of that are, like, excel at all of the, the stuff, the ways you can win, right, what chance do we have? At trying to be like, I want to live scope. I want to. I want to do offshore. I want to be a bank guy. I want to be a River Creek guy. Like, no, you need to find what your strength is and your skill set, and go hard in that direction because you don't have enough time on the water and to ever learn how to be great at all of them. So all I've done is, you know, push hard and and learn. And all my life I've done this. You know, obviously it's coming to a head now. The experience, rivers really well, and and creeks and moving water and current. And how fish utilize current, right? I mean, Ryan, you, you, you're an expert in that as well. So you know what I'm talking about, man. They they use no, that. Drew, wait, wait a minute. He's now known as Livescope Lambert. Livescope Lambert. I I want, uh, only in pre-fishing. Only in pre-fishing. Uh, on tournament day, I turn that off. You throw it off. Okay. To the bottom of the lake. <laughs> but uh, that's what I did. So I went and found moving water. Um, because in every tournament, I've said this before, the best lake anglers, the best offshore, the best bank guys for the lake, the best river creek guys, Anyone, anyone of them could potentially win. And that's how close this tournament was. Both of them, a quarter of an inch. And other guys had fish on. I know people who didn't even didn't even cast a check who lost enough fish to, that would have beat me. And I lost fish too, but whatever. I mean, if, if they catch their fish and I, of course, lose mine, then I lose. So either way, you can win. You just need to go find, I'm speaking to everybody listening here, find what you love to do and your skill set. And the beauty of the kayak is it can be anything. It can be offshore. It can be bank, backwaters or rivers and creeks, whatever, and go that direction. And so, cause you'll be better off if you do that, instead of trying to be like, oh, I'm going to, you, you get caught up to, you watch the pros and you watch all these videos about all, different techniques and ways that people are smashing bass. And he, you know, like last year, Travis was in the lake, you know, but, but uh, I mean, you could, you could do it so many different ways and you get caught up when you see something, the latest thing and you want to go do it, but just get, find who you are and your identity and go that way. And you'll be much better off. Uh, I don't throw, I mean, I use straight braid, a power fish. Don't ever, hardly ever throw. I mean, ninety-five percent of the time, it's straight braid, power fishing, and that's that's it. And so I've just kind of gotten good, even better and better and better at that, instead of taking away from that to go learn other stuff that I don't have enough time to like get on the water to learn when and where and why to use it and why do I need to, right? Yeah. So anyway, I fished the river and and, yeah. and that's yeah, what I, I did. Say, I want to say something about that real quick and then get into your story. Yeah, man. I think it's easy to do. You know, there's so much access to information these days mm -hmm. that we get hammered with every, you know, all this YouTube and all this stuff that we all, we all of a sudden we have in our head what we think the fish should be doing. We don't go do what we want to do. We just think, oh, I saw 15 tactical bassing videos that said they should be fish on humps, 20 feet of water. Right. That's what I'm going to do, even though that's not your strength. So great point you made there, Drew. I, yeah. I, I love it. It's uh, true. But, yep. So I just went and went to, uh, you know, I explored a little bit of 
the Vermont side because last year the the New York side is where we had to launch for Hobie. So I tried to explore a little bit over there. Uh, day one, I, I found some. The thing is, there's there's only certain. And it, if, to me, I gotta admit, it does. It never is easy. I will say that it's never easy. I gotta preface with saying that, but I feel like if it was ever quote unquote easy, this tournament might have been one of them, just because. I just felt like dialed. I felt like I knew where they were, what they were doing. I found them pre-fishing and there's little small sections of the river they were in. They're utilizing it. Maybe, uh, maybe they're congregating to spawn. I don't know, but they just, it, they weren't in necessarily all of it. Like I'm saying there was definitely fish in all of it, but the concentration of big ones was only locked into, you know, little, little section quarter, half mile, whatever it was in length. And then I would kind of hit that and move to another spot that I'd found somewhere else. It was kind of, similar and uh just kind of i bounced to two places and, and scored all my fish from vermont on day one and then on day two um i went to new york and all my uh, most of my fish came from new york and then uh a couple from vermont but but the, the cool thing about the second day was i was about to uh, i was driving and was gonna head to my next spot and all of a sudden i, I, I had a thought in my head you know i haven't tried this one place that i you know caught some fish at last year in the hobie i said i haven't tried it pre-fishing i haven't tried it in the tournament or pre-fishing and i was like i wonder how close i am to that you know on my way to my other spot and i looked at the map and it was not that far away and, and if i was gonna go i had to exit like right now and i looked up and the exit's right in front of me i'm in the right hand lane and i just was like and i just swerved off you know kind of through the median <laughs> and made the exit just in time and it was a lot, it was that last second of a decision, that still small voice. And uh, I went there and I caught, and I want to say an 18 and a half and a, a 19 on my, my last cast there, I caught a 19 and then I left. I mean, I didn't even make another cast. I caught the 19 and that sounds stupid, but I know there was no point. Like um, when you were catching something off of a, a, a log or a boulder or whatever it was, something that's small target, all week long, Fish weren't there wasn't a second fish following it. Uh it, well a couple times there were, but but if you threw back in on that single piece of structure, there was never another fish there. So I literally just caught a 19 and left. <laughs> like after I caught an 18 and a half and 19, and then left. I was like, I'm not gonna waste my time with the other sections. You still can catch good fish in other areas, but I just was trying to maximize the the highest percentage areas that I that I felt had the biggest fish. And I just trusted my gut that it was the correct decision. And then I went to my last spot. I went, you know, uh, and then I ended up catching uh, a couple more nice ones there, like a 20 and a 19 there. So you really running like three and four fish patterns all over a lake? Like I'm going to get in here, yeah. I'm going to catch two fish, I'm going yep. somewhere else. Basically, I had them dialed where I was like, I know this is, you know, I mean, it, it didn't scare me to drive an hour, you know, and a half in the tournament. Cause I knew I was going, but you do going. this a lot. I mean, this isn't oh, like yeah. a one-off type deal. Like how do what makes you so confident that if you've caught a fish there pre-fishing that you're going to, you're going to be able to duplicate that in the tournament. What makes you so confident in those little nuances in the moving water that they're going to hold? Yeah. And that's a good question. It just looked the same, that it was similar. And, it, and it's funny that in this particular situation, um, there was even fish, uh, like, you know, Ryan, like you, you can read currents and, and current seams and things that are boils out in the middle of the river places that, I mean, I was catching fish from places that other people would never even think to throw bait. Yeah. A lot of people just fish the banks and trust me I caught, I mean, I caught a 20 and 
a quarter off the off the bank. So they're, they're there too. But there was little subtle things that if you just don't know, you don't know, man. And I just saw – I caught some decent fish and pre-fishing in these areas, and it's just the right current flow, the right – everything was there. I don't know, man. It, it, I just could tell they were there, and I just kind of hooked you know, one good one and pre-fished one or two. And I left them alone. I said, there's no way that quickly I caught a good one pre-fishing that there's not more. Yeah. And, and of course I, and then uh, fortunately for me, it wasn't like, they weren't all too far away where I was still able to use the paddle and not have to worry about motors and stuff. But I knew I could get out cause I had like many spots. You know what I mean? I knew it could always like peace out and, and had a backup plan and could keep just rolling. It wasn't going to waste too much time, maybe yeah. a couple hours. So I just had the confidence that, Hey, if it doesn't work out, I'm bouncing the next one and then the next one eventually it's going to work out. Cause in pre-fishing it, I caught some decent ones at all those places. So, and yeah. left them kind of there. So it's pretty crazy. Stuff. You know, I've listened yeah. to some of your podcasts, Drew, and, and uh, I've heard you say more than once, always leave yourself an out. Yeah, absolutely. Is that, is that, is that kind of your mindset there? Absolutely. Stay close Everywhere. Grand Lake was the same way. I ended up not needing it. I found those fish, more fish were there than I thought in that little teeny backwater. Um, Smith, Lewis Smith, I needed uh, an out. I needed an out, dude. The first place I went, I was wrong. I caught a, the first place I went in, in Lewis Smith, I caught a, just pre-fishing, I, I, I was like, I don't know, 100 yards from the, the access. I caught like a 17-inch Alabama in a spot of bass, and I left alone. I left. I was like, shoot, this place has got them. I, flo- I you know, floated tournament day, nothing. I mean, I caught like. 15 maybe 15 14 15 we haven't talked to you about that one was that a covering water deal was that a multi-ramp deal like how how did you approach smith lake a couple places i went to yeah and i gave myself an out on that first place i said i need to because i had two spots i thought were pretty good based on the pre-fishing i was like i need to give myself an out on that one and i was in uh some some creeks you know there's lots of creeks flowing into that um creeks and rivers flowing into that lake so and moving water there and then i i was smart to give myself that out jeff because i left and i went to the second spot and i actually i mean dude it's such a fine line and i know this looks from the outside in people are like oh it looks seems so easy you know what i mean but i was at 130 at lewis smith i had like 75 inches and our lines out was 230 from 130 to 210 i just got to the right zone and I, I, you know, I caught a 19 and a quarter inch largemouth, which I posted a video of that one on, on like um, YouTube and Instagram. And it comes waking after the, this topwater plopping bait and just crushes it. And then I caught a 19 three quarter inch Alabama bass that's doing the same thing. I got a video of that. One. I mean, I've, I filmed all these tournaments. I got them one day, probably see the light of day, but um, <laughs> it's just so busy that I don't have time to like do anything with them. But um Anyway, and so I just happened to get on a little run and then caught like a 17 or 16 three quarters, another 17 something, whatever. And I replaced my entire like stringer within 30, 40 minutes. And if I don't get there in that spot or I I lose one of those fish, I'm probably not even in the money. We're not even talking about this streak, but I was smart enough, like you said, to give myself an out that first spot. I, I paddled back out of that area booked it and gave myself enough time to work the entirety of the, of the second spot. And just, they happened to uh, just get hooked up, man. It was a crazy, if you watch that video back, by the way, on that whopper plopper on that fight, he's got one hook in his, the side of his mouth and clear water. You can see that. And so what you can do, and you'll watch the video, the technique you can do is when you're bringing them the side of the boat, when you turn them, 
rip it back hard where that bait comes. It's you know, this is the mouth of the fish. I should use the Hobie trophy. There you go. <laughs> this is the mouth of the fish. If I have a bait here, and the plopper baits, you know, this way, your line's obviously going that way. When you turn them, turn it hard, and the bait goes back, and that that second hook can get them. You know what I'm saying? Out of the belly or something, and to make sure you get them in the boat. And so, in the video, you'll see me doing that stuff, and it's this. It's like it, it takes you losing fish before with a single little hook like that on any bait that's got treble hooks and multiple trebles, a jerk bait or whatever to learn to be able to like turn them like that and get another hook in them, which is why in the video you hear me saying like, Oh shoot, she's got one hook. Maybe I can get another one in her and I rip it over her and get that hook in. And then I'm able, and then I see that it's in, I just boat flip her in the boat and it's all good. But um, I think I did or I grabbed her. I don't know, but that's like just, I feel like I'm hitting my stride is my point. All these little teeny things. We're not talking about this. I've, I've really focused on tournaments for about two and a half years now. Uh, you know, the COVID year was supposed to be the year I was going to focus on it. Didn't work out. Life change and moved to Crescent, moved to Ohio. Lots, lots of changes. And I think Ohio was the key. Oh point. yeah, yeah, totally, totally key. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just feel like I'm kind of like I got history now at places because even that look at Champlain. I don't win this tournament if I don't swerve at the last minute because I had history at a spot and I just want to go quickly check it <clears throat> at this this tournament. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm just kind of hitting my stride experience from fishing and now it's a different ball game okay i've always been able to catch fish in rivers you know travel the country a little bit with hooked on wild waters and the river bass and trail i've always been kind of versatile because i have experience you know fishing for multiple species in different parts of the country but now i'm put, it, putting together a whole new game where now it's about maximizing that lake and how do you do that by managing time and making decisions and executing with your gear and you got to make a lot of mistakes first before you can kind of get to, to kind of this this level that I, I guess I'm fishing at now, and it's not going to last forever. Trust me, guys. I, I know that, but I'm happy, you know, that it's happened now. And and I was joking at the awards, like I have, you know, I have want to see myself lose too, just because it's starting to get like uncomfortable <laughs> and a lot of yeah, pressure. You know, you said something, Drew and, and Ryan. You've seen this. I've experienced it. You probably experienced it too, Ryan. Um, making that call to take the out and leave and move spots yeah, hard. I mean, many, many of us have the tendency to try to will fish into existence in a certain spot and just stay there half the day or the whole day. Uh, you know, how do you develop that? Or do you, is that just something that you kind of get in that groove where, you know, mentally, you know, when to make that move? It's uh, it's very, it is hard. You gotta, you, you gotta, a be confident. The other spots are, you know, going to have, it's easy to do when you, when you know, you got fish there. You know what I mean? And on two-day tournaments, it's easy to do because you you can get right in a hurry. And so if you move to you know three places, you only need the end of the day to be kind of like quasi in the hunt for a check or whatever just to get right. But now you've learned. Now you didn't have all day to get that final spot, and you finally found them. Now you really can can get them on day two because what was tough about this tournament is you got a single trail series event on day one and a single one on day two. And then a, a joint event. So I didn't know. I was almost like, wait, I want to win the trail series. So I got to like <laughs> burn it down. But then wait, I can't. So I want to win the pro series. So I want to manage fish. And I was like, you know what? Fortunately for me, I've got a lot of spots that I found. And so it was easy to burn it all down on the, on the first day, right? To get that win. And I went back to that spot. The very last spot I went for the last hour and a half on the second day, I went back to it. The place that I did a lot of the damage on day one. And it's a good thing that uh, I did not rely on that spot again because it's true. When you when you go in there and you you whale on them for a day, and there was a ton of fish there, trust me, they were not – I mean, I caught like maybe a set, some 
14, 15, 16, maybe one that was like 17 or 18, but there was none of those winning fish were, were willing to eat again. They were like, nah, we're, we're, we've seen that again. I tried other stuff. It wouldn't happen. But anyway, it's hard to do. You got to know you got good fish. Uh, but you just got to have fish in Vermont and New York, apparently. Yeah, yeah apparently. Yeah, that's it, it, it doesn't, I mean, like, I guess the other thing, too, to consider is like, you know, when you pre-fish, you don't, if you don't do well, sometimes you're like, well, I've at least eliminated four or five places. I'm not going to go. Yeah. Well, think about how you pre-fish. Sometimes you, you go to a place and you just find them, right? You got to be confident that you can still find them. And so like Pickwick's a good example. Last year, uh, I, on tournament day, it rained a lot of, you know, this is for KBF. It rained a lot and everything changed from Friday to Saturday, like everything, all the rivers got flooded. And I was like, well, I can't go where I was going to go. So I'm just going to look on the map and like try to find a spot where I feel like the fish have to be in these conditions. And just like I was pre-fishing, like if that was the conditions on Wednesday, when I showed up or Thursday, sure enough, I found them. So you got to like have confidence that in pre-fishing, if I can just roll up and find fish, why can't I do that in the tournament? Because you can, it doesn't always happen and work out, but you got to have confidence. And that just comes from obviously experience and learning the bass and the behavior and where they should be. And even in that gamble to go there, I still had it out. I still could have left and continue pre-fishing all day long. Now at Santa Cooper this year, I tried that on day two. I got cocky and went and explored the swamp. I knew they were out there somewhere and I couldn't find them. And that's just fishing. Sometimes it doesn't work, but you got to have the confidence to take those gambles. And that definitely comes with um, just a little bit more experience and, and having it happen successfully, you know, but I would encourage you not, not to think like, oh, it hasn't happened successfully in the tournament. Don't worry about that. You've done it in pre-fishing, right? Because you stumble, you've got your map study, and you roll up to different ramps, and all of a sudden you start catching fish, and you're like, hey, that's where I thought they were going to be. You can do it on tournament day. It's, it's not easy. You just need to, like, trust that you can because you've done it before on practice, which is no different. Yeah, I dig it. Uh, Ryan, we wanted to ask him about his, this new boat before we let him get out of here. I do. I do want to ask him about that. Clearly it's a well thought out boat. It's got a lot of, you know, kind of user friendly intuitive features on it. You know, tell us kind of the ideology behind it and then how you integrated some of the stuff like, you know, the electronics, the catch board, the, you know, the kind of yeah. small nuances in this thing. Well, here's my thing, man. I, I don't think, you know, a boat can, it's not going to teach you where to cast or obviously make you a better angler in that sense. But you know, it can definitely make you more comfortable. It can, it can, uh, which will help. It can, there's some small things in it. And I've said this analogy on here before. So I know if you've listened to this maybe, or, or my podcast, but like at some point, you know, swimmers started shaving their hair so they can save a point, you know, whatever, zero, three seconds in Olympic swimming. I don't think and, you said that on here. Yet, all right. Maybe not. I'm going to remember it. We're going to yeah, get shaved. In but here it's a good there. analogy that little things on the boat, that'll save you time, like the catchboard being right there. You don't have to go back and get it or the hook sharpener recess there where the hook sharpening stone goes or the line cutters. Just to, just to remind you, okay, I need to retie a little bit more often. And because it's right there or the sharpening stone, just to sharpen your hooks, that might, you know, over the course of whatever, uh, a year or something might get you a fish or two extra because you sharpened some hooks. And maybe if you didn't, it's not penetrating through because big fish, remember we're targeting big fish. If you're fishing a tournament, you're really – fishing for a, a fish that quite frankly lives and behaves like a different species than small fish. They do. It's like a redfish. So, you know, like they live in the marsh when they're young and they go offshore and when they're, they become a bull red and they live in the ocean. The big bass are like that. They live differently and act differently than the small ones. And they have big, hard 
bony mouths. So if you're not sharpening your hooks, you might be catching all these small ones like crazy. But if you're not sharpening your hooks and you're not, it's the difference in potentially landing a fish or not, which is the difference in the tournament. So little small things like that on the boat, uh, the strap handle, the cam track system where there's a, a cam strap to the front, it makes it easy to, to tow to the river or lake or your access. And then it also is a waiting belt, a lot of little smart intuitive things like that. Uh, that I think will kind of add up to a, the rod holsters on the side, which is a yak attack uh, padlock. Uh, it's a taco style, you know, uh, net or paddle or rod holder, but they're right here where you drop your hands on the hips. So that's why we call them the rod holsters. Having that right there with your follow-up soft plastic when they miss a buzz bait or a topwater or any bait, really, at the same spot and the, or the net right there where you don't have to fumble pulling out of some tube, drop your hand, grab it, boom. And if any of that stuff can contribute a teeny bit to help, then that adds up to, you know, a, a better time in the water, maybe more fish. And it, it certainly can, like I said, teach you where to catch them or, or whatever, but it's, it's, it's got a good hole for, for moving water. So it was really great on, on this trip, you know, it performs so good. It's the reason I was able to paddle and, and maneuver and do a lot of the stuff, but there's just a lot of cool, smart, um, you know, in, intuitive features to the boat. And, you know, it's got, every, here's the thought process though, on the integrations with the, the fish finder cubby and the anchor wizard recess and the catch board, the landing gear for boondocks, everything kind of is recessed into the boat. And as a, a river angler, you don't, I don't really recommend rods sticking up. You're going to hit limbs and trees. Everything should be down low. And quite frankly, if you're a bank, uh, lake, if you're a lake angler and you're going underneath cables at Grand Lake and docks and things like that, you shouldn't have rods sticking all up anyway. Um, I, I, I'm not saying anyone's wrong with, if they fish with, with a crate with 10, 15 rods, because what works for you is great, you know, but I will say there's a reason why nobody at the highest level of all bass fishing has a crate or rod holders right behind them on the deck with rods sticking up because the mechanics of a bait caster KVD is swinging that thing with six feet of line, whipping it in a circle to get the longest cast possible. He's not having a bunch of rods sticking up behind him and he's got the ability to not do that, to lay him on a deck. Well, we do too. We just don't. And, and it, again, if you just want to whip, you know, a bait caster back and forward like that, that's fine. But there's a reason the mechanics, if you follow golf or anything, bait caster is very much like a golf swing. There is a, the proper mechanics for the longest cast and the best efficiency of that tool. And it's not whipping it like a spinning rod back and forward. It's a big, huge looping motion. You'll see every pro do it and it's not conducive to having anything sticking up behind you. And every so, time I'm going under those no fishing cables, my shit gets hung up on them. So I keep it laid down. <laughs> yeah, I, ain't trying to get, I ain't trying to get caught up in the game. Out no, there, you know? no. Just lay so, your whole, uh, what's that thing called from Calco? You can just grab it and get up on the bank, fish the, right there. My, it's my rod mule, bro. Rod mule, <laughs> in yeah, case yeah. I rod need mule, to get yeah. up there and get on them bedders, you know? Right, yep. I, got you, I got you. So, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of the boat. I mean, it, it's got a, you know, fish finders are flush and recessed in there. If you use that, that's kind of slick. So it's, I always equate it to those old uh, suction cup GPS units on your windshield compared to where they're flushing our dashboards now on a, on a vehicle. It's just nice that it's all like has a place. It's, it's, everything's down low. Your anchor wizard handles, the only thing sticking up. It doesn't look like that old board game mousetrap. Your kayak doesn't look like that. And again, I know a lot of people's kayaks are listening to this. <laughs> your, mind, look like that. your mind is in so many different, you just <laughs> anyway. pulled out mousetrap and yeah. to describe a I don't know. That might age me. I don't know if people even know what that game is. I know what that is. You know what it is. Okay. Hungry hippo, mousetrap. I got I mean, never in a million years I wouldn't have sat and thought, man, that guy don't look like mousetrap. Now, <laughs> next time, Ryan, next time we're going to be like, look at that old mousetrap looking guy. That's what we're going to say. Yeah, shoots and ladders in here. I just, 
I don't know. I just like taking advantage of what the kayak was meant for. And, and, and that's getting into those tight places. And so everything's kind of seamless built down the in ca- there. The catchboard integration and then the angle of those rod yeah. holders in the back are my two yeah. fa- absolute favorite features. Yeah. Everybody has to use a catchboard. Obviously, you're measuring your fish every mm-hmm. kayak tournament. That being integrated is genius. I hope that idea does not escape other manufacturers as they continue to develop boats because that's gene i mean really like you know Mm -hmm. where it needs to be you measure your fish in the floor of the boat generally speaking yeah uh, in every tournament like i mean that's 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 a common sense deal it stays there it stays there so here's the cool thing when i move again i'm telling you like i don't measure uh when i'm on the tournament this is funny i don't measure anything in you know, minutes, obviously everyone wants to be efficient and save time. I measure and think about everything in casts. So when I'm not having to move my cat, when I move spots, for example, there's a rod saver on the front hatch lid, you know, the rod savers that they're on the decks of bass boats, right? When they run, you know, they crank up the outboard, they Velcro the rod saver on the rods, take off. Okay. The front hatch has the rod staging grooves on it, which they go there when you're fishing anyway. So they stay right there. I open up the rod saver, strap them down, catch boards. It stays in its spot. Everything stays there. I grab this, you know, the handle, throw it in the truck and I've got a male. uh, I cut a cam strap in half and then I I tied, you know, the male end on one end and the female end on the other. So I don't have to like go through my loops and all that. I just literally put the two together, pull it tight and then crank up the truck and roll. I mean, I save, and I'm thinking to myself, I just save X number of casts compared to somebody else who has to put the catch board away, put all this away. And I just, you know, everything just stayed right there. And so it all, I mean, it's going to, at some point that time, matter of fact, I caught a fish on day one, an 18 incher at 129 lines out was 130. I caught a fish at 129. So everything I did that day and the efficiency of that kayak and the features saved me enough time to catch that fish. It didn't matter because I had fish bigger, but that's just proof right there. You know, this is, it's about those little it's getting tough man to win and and everyone's good and and so it's just you need those little teeny extra things to push you over the edge once you already have all the other skill set and so the boat's got some some cool stuff like that i mean a proper hole if you you know ryan if you hit a log jeff you too i know you fish uh, rivers in your area and creeks too if you hit a rock or a log and you flip over and you got a yard sale going everywhere how much how many casts did you just lose that day if you don't it have ain't, the right... it, ain't, it ain't only the cast you just lost. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you lost all cast. twelve yeah. of them rods sticking up too. A little pride, whatever. But yeah. to have a hole, a hole that's designed to to be able to paddle and maneuver properly in moving water, and it's a great flat water boat. That was probably the, my biggest takeaway from the from the launch because a lot of the first shipments went to places where there was a lot of rain, there was flooding. So the first people testing it were on lakes. They're like, dude, this boat's tracking awesome. I love it in the lake. And I'm like, wow, I didn't expect that. But anyway, if you have a boat that maneuvers good and it's, and you barely scrape by and you, you had enough time to turn and, and miss that log or that rock that would have flipped you, that just, that boat did just save you time and more cast potentially helping you win. So it's a good yeah, boat. Just, um, I've been enjoying fishing out of it. Obviously I designed it. So, uh, but I mean, so I literally have, I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just have yeah. been really enjoying it's just so freaking fun to fish out of. I got to be honest. It's just so fun. From every report that I've seen online, every comment, everybody that's got their hands on it or seen it is really impressed. So, you know, well done. I, I Thanks, haven't seen man. one in person yet, but yeah. I'm excited to see one. My buddy's a dealer down there in Conway. I don't know if you you know James yeah. down there at H24. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I'll great. definitely put my hands on them when, I, when, I, when I'm down that way. Yeah, so. everyone, at, at, at all of our dealers, everyone at Crescent, and we're, we're just a super positive vibe sort of company, and everyone's just been – 
just great to work with there and the whole team that puts it together. I mean, it's just, it's been a real, real great experience working with those guys and USA made company quality products. So I'm, I'm glad people are enjoying it. And that's my whole goal. I just want people to have great memories out of the kayak and, and uh, you know, hopefully win some events like this or if they're just fun fishing just go make some good memories with their families and that's that's what it's all about there's more to this than, than tournament fishing so um hopefully uh that's what people do in the boat good stuff man well i know ryan's down at the beach he wants to get yeah. back to doing whatever people do at the beach uh we're, we're not going go this bed. year but but drew man hey you're one of a kind we always like your takes on different different things uh you know, congrats Thanks. once again. If you win three more in a row, we may skip you a couple times. God, we, can't, we, can't, we can't have you on every time. We can't I mean, do that. dude, there's no way. Next one for me is Winnipesaukee. There, there's just no way. I mean, I've never been there either, and it's not. When does registration close on that one? I, is I it this know. Wednesday? I don't know. Let me see if I can still register for it. I'm, I'm but, on the uh, fence on that one. I want to I want to do that one just because just of small mouth. You've seen all these northern smallies. You want to get in on that? I know. I do. I do. It makes me jealous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But anyway, we'll wrap this yeah. thing up, dude. It was it was a heck of a show. We appreciate everybody in the comments that hung with us all night. And and Drew, congrats again, man, on the on the tournament success and the boat release. It's awesome. Thank you guys, man. I appreciate it. It's been a little bit of a whirlwind. And I mean, like I said at the awards, just if I'm dreaming, dude, please don't wake me up. This is this is unreal, <laughs> man. So thanks, guys. Keep all getting right. after it, man. Keep getting after you it. Too, I'll guys. see you. I'll see you at Susky. You're I'll at Susky, right? I'll see you there yeah. if I don't see all it right. winning. Yep. All right, so. Ryan, go get sunburned tomorrow, man. We'll see you. No, I'm too <laughs> smart right. for that. All right. <laughs> see y'all. See you guys.